Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, in all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to episode one slash 133 of Dunzo. Holy shit, we're here. This is finally happening. I'm, I finally get to reveal the name of the podcast and the new logo to you. And I'm so fucking excited to show you the softer side of Sears, gal. It's happening. We are finally here. Um, Where do I even start? I'm actually, I feel overwhelmed. It literally, I feel like I'm losing my podcast virginity again. Um, obviously we're going to like get to Justin and Selena and all that stuff, but like we, I mean, come on, we have to talk. We clearly need to have a sit down conversation. We're going to have a quick little, you know, debrief moment because I want to give you a more detailed explanation of like where my head is at as far as the content. And, um, I don't know, but first let's get into the name change. Let's like, let's talk about the fact that this podcast is now called Dunzo. Um, So when we were thinking of possibilities for a rebrand, I knew that I wanted the name to be one word. That was like the number one thing in my head. I was like, I just want a one word podcast that means a bunch of different things, but also kind of feels inside jokey, if you will. And this is obviously a podcast that focuses primarily on things of the past and things that have either come to some sort of, you know, premature end or a much needed end. Um, then there's also the added bonus of the word Dunzo being a word that immediately ignites like this sense of nostalgia. And for a lot of us, um, either, you know, high school or middle school, like pop culture memories. And I feel like I can guarantee at least 90% of my listeners know exactly what that word means. And they can remember the first time they heard it. We all can. It's visceral. Kristen Cavallari slamming her hands on the wheel of her hand-me-down SUV as it smokes in the middle of the street. It's fun. It's early 2000s. It's easy to remember. It's brandable. It works on a mug if it comes to that. I'm just saying, like, I'm in love with it. You may have to sit with it for a day. Maybe you love it immediately, or maybe it's something that you need to hear a couple times. I completely can relate to that. Change is not easy for everybody, but I'm telling you, just marinate in it for a little bit. Like, (laughs) think about it while you're working, when you get out of the car or when you get home or whatever. Just like, think about it and be like, yeah. And then tap your forehead and go, it makes sense. Uh Uh-huh. Now let's talk about content. I already sort of explained to you guys that, um, I think I mentioned this last week, but I would most likely only be doing like long form episodes now. So they'll all have at least two parts. And in between talking about couples, I want to open things up more and explore more just niche pop culture. So when something like Jessica Simpson's tell all book comes out, I want to be able to devote an hour to it and not have to find some way to squeeze it in and relate it to relationships, which bad example, because that would be so easy to relate to relationships. But you get what I mean. I want to be able to talk about friendship breakups and reality TV shows and pop culture that I just love, music videos, the shit that we, I basically want to expand on the things that we have to skip over because we have a job to do here. Do you know what I'm trying to say? 
Like when we are on a doing a, a long episode and I have that that visceral moment where my heart starts beating because I want to expand on how much I love so-and-so's music video from 1999 that nobody got to see because it was only released in Tokyo or whatever. I want to talk about that stuff for more than three minutes and then have to, you know, cut myself away from it because we have, like I said, a job to do. I've also been throwing around the idea of adding some new fun stuff to the Patreon. Obviously TBD, but I'm really interested in possibly doing some sort of like video moment. Like maybe I could record something with one of you if you're into that. And uh, whatever you want, we you can choose. And um, I think that would just be super fun. And you know, I'm down to watch whatever and learn about whatever and listen to whatever if there's an album that you love that you feel is super underrated and you want to talk about why you love it or I don't know a music video that you think represents an artist really well or I I, a red carpet like literally anything just anything pop culture related I want to like get more into the things and just expand I'm repeating myself. I'm just too excited. I am literally, the hairs on my arms are razor blade sharp right now. I'm like, I'm just so excited to finally tell you guys all this stuff. I'm trying to think of any other housekeeping that I have to do. I can't think of anything. I mean, look, this, like I said, this is the same great taste that you've always known and loved. It's just a new design. It's a new bottle. We use 30% less plastic and we have 25% more real cheese. And I think now we can go ahead and get into Justin and Selena. This is going to be a pretty, a pretty interesting episode. Um, 2014 was crazy. Fucking wackadoo bananas, Looney Tunes for these two kids. And we have a lot to get into. So without further ado, I think we should do it. So far, we've discussed the fact that Justin and Selena were contractually attached to each other as children and essentially exploited by their parents and managers. Uh, We've touched on their addiction issues, um, which are about to get much worse, unfortunately. And I mentioned that looking back, 2013 seems like this turning point for Justin. Um, The worst thing Selena had done publicly was cancel a tour and give a super PR statement about why and, you know, how much it hurt her and how much her fans mean to her and whatever. Justin, on the other hand, had defaced a former president's photo. He peed in a janitor's mop bucket on camera. He got caught sneaking into a Brazilian uh, brothel and shepherding a bunch of prostitutes out in the, the darkness of the night. He groped a teenage fan's breast. He had a pregnancy scare. He tried to fight a paparazzi, several paparazzi, actually. Um, A man died while chasing after his car. He, for a short period, was basically disowned by his fans in Brazil for defacing a flag on stage and kicking it back into the audience. It was a lot. I mean, he was really, really being put through the ringer, and he was just running around with those fucking drop crotch leather pants and his stupid fingerless gloves, literally flying all over the world and destroying everything in his path. <laughs> like, he wasn't he wasn't just destructive in L.A. Justin Bieber flew all over the globe and raised the ultimate amount of hell that he possibly could everywhere he went for, like, three straight years. I also cannot allow you to forget the most important part, which is that Justin's parents have, in fact, 
signed a contract that legally stops them from being allowed to parent their child naturally. They are literally being paid to allow people to prey on their child and exploit him. And they're watching it happen and they're willing to not do anything about it because they're being paid so much. It's fucking mind-blowing. Now, I am going to start with Justin this week because I just want to, but we've got some really, really good Selena. This is where Selena's like content picks up and gets really good. So we'll get to it in a minute, but I want to start where we left off with Justin. Um, I think that most Justin Bieber fans would consider this to be the most destructive couple years of his life. He had crossed over into heavier drugs and started partying nonstop. And it was also rumored that he found out at this point the extent at which his parents actually couldn't be trusted. Like, this is where you see Justin Bieber sort of separate from his family. And he started surrounding himself with the sketchiest sketchball pieces of coked out sweaty shit that he could find in L.A. The beginning of 2014 is when you see, you know, rehab rumors starting to circulate for the first time in a really major way. And in January, TMZ posted photos of Justin Lil Za and Lil Twist at a table rolling blunts and sipping on Scissorb, also known as Lean, because it was 2014 and Lil Wayne almost dying 48 times in a row from codeine cough syrup was still very chic. Do you remember that? Do you remember when it was like chic that Lil Wayne kept dying? <laughs> uh, um, TMZ said Bieber is getting pressure from some of his people uh, who think he's basically a good kid, but hanging out with Za, Twist, and some other dudes are taking him down a bad road. TMZ also claimed Justin was becoming more and more addicted to pain pills, uh, specifically Xanax. And on top of the endless amount of alcohol and weed, um, this source was adamant that Justin did not and would not do coke, which I found very weird. Like, I don't know, this isn't meant to like glamorize or, you know, make coke seem like it isn't dangerous. But in a Hollywood environment, you would imagine coke to kind of be like the gateway drug almost, you know, like it's so basic that it's like the thing that you try before you do all the other things in my mind. I don't know. Um, like you may alarm a few people when you show up somewhere tweaking out on fucking lean and like falling all over the place and not able to walk. But if you pull out some Coke at a party, I, I don't think that that would like alarm people as much as you being a fucking Xanax addict and sipping scissor with all the lils that you can find in LA. You may also remember that in January of 2014, Justin's mansion was raided in connection to him egging his neighbor earlier in the week. Justin was apparently having issues with this guy. The guy told the police that Justin like hocked a loogie in his face, which is like, ugh. Also, by the way, I'll give you 10 seconds to think of a worse phrase than hock a loogie. Who in the fuck named the phlegm in the back of my throat loogie, first of all? Actually, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. Please don't tell me. Don't answer that. And don't send me any DMs about it. Um, but during the raid, cops found cocaine in Justin's house. And then the next thing you know, we have helicopter footage of Lil Za being escorted out of his house in handcuffs. And if I had to put money on it, <laughs> I would guess that, uh, you know, the coke was Justin's. 
and that Za was paid to take the fall and was probably promised that he'd be taken care of, you know, we'll get you out, we'll pay you, whatever, blah, 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 do this for me, I can't, you know, I can't afford to have this associated with my name, etc. Team Z also reported in January that Justin's cell phone had been seized and that the cops were interested in text messages that could incriminate him in this, like, egging moment. Um, they told TMZ that they were looking for, in quotes, virtual high fives amongst him and his friends. And I don't know if you remember, but this cell phone thing was, like, low-key kind of a big deal in 2014. Because there were all these articles and news reports and blind items written about what was allegedly on Justin's phone and what people were afraid would get out. Um, there were rumors of him having photos of like these very clean cut child stars doing all kinds of crazy drugs. There were alleged nude photos of him and lots of other celebrities, um, which is a whole can of worms, obviously, as you can imagine. And there was also a rumor going around that he had photos of two boy band members making out that had been like I don't know sort of like circulated around and people had seen them and people were wondering if they were going to get posted on something it was a whole it was a whole thing and like when I was doing research of this I was like my god if I could get my fucking hands on a celebrity's cell phone mother of Christ have mercy the power of Christ compels you bitch oh my god I have goosebumps thinking about it can you imagine an unlocked I mean, snooping through anybody's cell phone, really, let's be honest about that, is a high. Like, let's, like, be vulnerable for a second. That is a high. Like, your heart races, you get goosebumps, the fear of being caught is exciting. You know what I mean? If it's somebody that you, like, care about, you have to, like, if you're, like, really snooping and, like, trying to find something, if you're mad at someone, am I, should I cut this out? <laughs> or whatever, I don't know. I've heard. Anyway, um, <laughs> Justin caused $20,000 in damage to his neighbor's home. Apparently, he had uh, to replaster the entire front of his house, which was covered in this very specific Venetian plaster, um, which, by the way, is a felony. And of course, the only thing I can think is like, wow, could you have participated in a more cliche act for your public image at the time? My God, egging your neighbor's house, especially when you consider this was a period of him being viewed by the public and the media as this spoiled, bratty, wannabe thug who, you know, needed a wooden spoon spanking and a grounding immediately, <laughs> you know what I mean? That was the gig, like, cell phones and Xbox are off limits until further notice, no more going to Lil Zaz's house or whatever, that's over with, I already contacted his parents, like, it's very that. And I know that I said this before, but I'm gonna say it again a million times until I'm blue in the face, this is where you would expect an adult would step in and say, okay, like this is getting out of fucking control. Tone it down. You're going to go away for a few months. No cell phone, no social media, no touring or performing or vacationing, no yachting. You know what I mean? Like you're going to feed horses on a dude ranch in Wyoming or whatever, <laughs> wherever Dr. Phil sends like disgruntled teenagers, like that's where you're going. And that's that, you know, but the problem is that a boy in his early twenties with no parental guidance and an infinite amount of money who's been raised to feel like an adult who, by the way, is old enough now to realize that the people around him are in fact using him. 
That's the other thing that you read about in 2014 when it comes to Justin, that this was the year he figured out what was really going on with his parents and his management. And instead of fighting it, he just leaned in and surrounded himself with even more users and abusers, just like really leaning into self-destruction, you know, because what other option do you have? You have no control of your life. So this self-destruct, get as drunk and high and fucked up as possible, have as much sex as possible, race your car all over the place, try and get arrested as often as you can, and just ghost through life, all fucked up on, on Scissorb. Ugh. Now we can finally jump over to Selena and revisit what she was up to at the beginning of 2014. Now, in the last episode, we finished by discussing Selena's rehab stint at the end of the previous year. And this is where you see articles from mainstream sources and blind item websites reporting at the same time about Selena's out-of-control drug use. We have a lot to unpack. I'm actually really excited to get into this. Like, this week, I'm leaning more towards Selena. Like, she's the one that I feel way more inspired by. I'm into this period of her life, not because it's good, but because it's like, I don't know, it's one of those moments that we've talked about many times in the past of, I don't know, it's weird when you break somebody's life down in this specific way, and you can see these very like specific moments of where things could have been different or where somebody made a decision that changed the rest of their life, you know? And I think 2014 was really, really, really transitional for Selena Gomez. The end of 2013 was hands down, I would say, based on everything that I've read, one of the worst years for her. Um, Her alleged drug use, well, first of all, her drug of choice, from what I've read, alcohol and pills, but specifically Xanax and Ambien. Um, I read that Selena Gomez liked Ambien because it gave her the feeling of being drunk without having to drink. So I'm sure you can imagine like the tween fucking Whitney and Bobby buffoonery that these two were getting into when they were in communication, which is why you'll also see many articles will claim that their addiction issues tend to spike, of course, when they separate and get back together after long periods of time. Those are the moments that their camps tend to worry about the most because they know that there's a manic sort of like couple weeks or months or whatever to come. Now, if you recall from last week or however many weeks ago it's been now, Selena only went away for like two weeks. And it's funny because all of the blind items written about her in 2014 from before, during, and after her treatment fit together like perfect puzzle pieces, literally, especially when you know how all of it ended up playing out. So before rehab, there were rumors that this former like tween star had become totally dependent on powder and liquid, which is how they would describe her love of coke and alcohol in all of these articles and that she was going to basically disappear for a little while to deal with her issues and then during the time that she was away you saw a bunch of articles popping up that were saying that this tween star you know her management um, has now basically decided that she can't be away for too long Uh, not only because it will look bad people will wonder where she is and why she's not making public appearances but she has brand deals and endorsements and shit to, to, to uphold. The show must go on. Get the, get the cattle prods out. So, you know, she'll deal with it on her own. That's the, uh, that was the conclusion that they came to, that she would detox herself because 
that seems like a great idea. <laughs> a wealthy, like, 21-year-old girl with no adult survival skills and surrounded, basically swimming in a pool of sharks every day of her life. She should be just fine detoxing from substances she's surrounded by 24-7. What could go wrong? In post-rehab, you saw a bunch of blinds um, that sort of detailed the level of toxicity at which Justin and Selena were operating on, on a constant basis, that she had this really obsessive, almost protective, sort of motherly relationship to him, which completely checks out, right? Like, that makes complete sense. And at the end of the day, these kids were taking turns basically raising each other. You guys, let's take a quick break. What I'm about to say should come as no surprise to you at this point. This is your weekly reminder from your trusted pal, Troy McKeady, that if you aren't playing my favorite puzzle game, you basically aren't using your cell phone to its truest potential, and that actually makes me really sad. I'm partnering again with Best Fiends to spread the gospel to the good people. You either already love challenging puzzle games, or maybe you think you don't love them because you haven't played Best Fiends. Not only is the design of the game bright and visually eye-popping, but it's fun to play for all ages. It's also mentally stimulating, but simple enough that pretty much anybody can play. My current nightly routine is to get in bed like an hour to an hour and a half before I need to fall asleep. I put on headphones and listen to a podcast, and I work desperately and tirelessly at trying to complete these levels. Um, I just passed level 150, and there are a few thousand, so we're getting there, you know what I mean? Slowly but surely, we're getting there. The thing I love the most about this game is that it doesn't require an internet connection, so you can basically play wherever you want. It also updates monthly, so there's always some new sort of level or event to enjoy. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. But it does make 100% sense that these two would have this weirdly sort of codependent, like, brother and sister, boyfriend, girlfriend, trauma buddies relationship. You know that I'm obviously going to bring up Caitlyn and Tyler. I can't say the word trauma and not. The king and queen of family trauma. And guess who was seen riding segways together in January of 2014? Their first sighting since their breakup a year before. Oh, you guessed it. Between Whitney and Bobby. Now we have to talk about something kind of controversial. And I want to start by saying that I don't know anything about anything. I wasn't there. I'm not claiming to know whether or not it's true or false. I'm literally just reading you shit that any of us could find on the internet if we felt it necessary to seek out the information. Selena's lupus. Let's do it. P.S. We're at the beginning of the year, by the way. We've only barely skimmed the surface. Like, we're just getting into it. So, in December of 2013, it was reported that Selena had been dealing with health complications caused by lupus, which she was diagnosed with, like, a year or so prior. So, her publicist sent out this mass statement saying that she was dealing with health complications and that she didn't want to comment on the time she's resting, whatever. So a source told Pop Crush that she was dealing with these constant flare-ups from working full throttle for the past few years and that it was finally starting to catch up with her how busy she's been and that she's 
basically nonstop been working for like six straight years. Pop Crush also denied a really popular rumor at the time, which was that she was involved in some sort of celebrity intervention, whether it was for her or for Justin, there was some sort of like professional celebrity intervention that happened. And also that she could possibly be pregnant. That was another big rumor that was coming out. That she was like hiding away because they didn't know what she wanted to do with the baby and blah, blah, blah. They also denied rumors of a possible OD. And I'll be honest in saying that this pop crush like statement, it did seem very planted to me and very like handwritten by a publicist. Lots of like PR statement jargon bullshit. But also, who knows? Like, I don't know if I believe that Selena was pregnant. Um, But I could totally see an intervention moment happening. I could definitely see, you know, some executives sitting her down and being like, hi, we're the only people that even kind of care about you in your life. And you're too much of a cokehead. Can you not? Because you're uh, interfering with the amount of money we could possibly make. Thank you so much. Like, I could see that kind of moment happening. A celebrity or a celebrity intervention. Like, that's what I picture that to be. It's also very ironic that at the same time, Selena jumped on the Demi Lovato sobriety bandwagon and started showing interest in Demi's um, speaking engagements where she would like go to rehabs and talk to teenagers about sobriety. She actually told Seventeen Magazine for their girl power issue. She said, I've known her since we were seven years old. Uh, We did fall apart for a while. She was going through things and I was so young and it was confusing for me. I processed it by saying, okay, I don't understand what she's going through, so I'm just going to do this, and I don't know if that's fair, and I'm so happy that I have her back in my life now. I feel like we're given what we can handle, and clearly someone thought she can handle so much, and she could, and she did, and she's incredible for that. I couldn't imagine going through some of the things that she went through, and the fact that uh, she is who she is today is insane. She's one of my inspirations, which is like super sweet, but also... It is a little on the nose that during the exact same time that she's dealing with rumblings of an addiction issue that she's like, and by the way, I love Demi's rehab visits or whatever. (laughs) One of the things that I find really interesting is that there's always been this sort of back and forth between Justin and Selena when it comes to the media and you know, the public's perception of them, you know, there are days and weeks and months and years where it's Justin who is this poor influence on her and then vice versa. During this particular time, it was Justin who was the villain and it was much easier for the public to side with Selena, who up to this point had this very squeaky clean image, um, you know, in comparison to Justin who was turning himself into a public enemy Even after a public rehab stint, she was still able to convince the public that she checked herself into a rehab because she was sleepy. You know, like you kind of have you you have to have a good relationship with the press and with the media to pull something like that off. It's insane. Could you imagine Lindsay Lohan going to rehab and then coming out and saying, well, I was tired. She would do that, but nobody would believe her. There was, however, always rumblings that her lupus diagnosis was that of convenience And not authenticity. And that's something that actually really shocked me. Like, I knew there were people who didn't believe, I don't know, that it was real. But I didn't know 
that there were publications that actually weighed in on it, like debating very publicly, does she really have lupus or is she going to rehab for addiction? You know, I didn't know that like Cosmo had thoughts on her lupus. And a couple months later, a story started to circulate via Radar Online that Justin was bragging to people about taking Selena's virginity. And they had an exclusive from this alleged source that actually became a little bit of a, like a, a, no, I wouldn't say it was a major news story, but it was a moment. The source said, um, it was in the summer of 2011. They flew to Palm Springs for a couple days and had a super private place to stay. The purpose of the trip was 100% because Selena finally said yes to having sex with Justin. They agreed because they both said they were in love. Justin told me, I knew she was in love with me when she gave me her virginity. She said it was, or he said it with no embarrassment or shyness whatsoever. And Radar had low-key become a Selena and Justin-specific gossip site for a short period of time. And I'm very grateful for that. Thank you, Radar, for your amazing work in 2014. It's also hard to pinpoint specific stories that are worth your time because it's, I mean, to be honest, it's like every single day of Justin's life during this period was a public cry for help. There was a photo that started circulating of Justin and his friend biting the nipple of this stripper named Katrina. Apparently they had gone out and he invited a bunch of girls back to his hotel for a private party. It was reported that he paid them all thousands of thousands what <laughs> thousands of dollars in cash and um had them sign one of his iconic uh Bieber NDAs that are uh talked about we will get eventually get to I cannot wait to talk about that um something so many brave women before Katrina have had to sign they also posted these alleged text messages between Justin and Selena that to this day, I don't believe are real. They've been floating around for years. They just seem a little on the nose to me. They're very fake. You know what I mean? I don't believe that they're real at all. I'll give you a quick rundown of them because, of course, I transcribed them. I think that they're fucking hysterical and I love them and I want them to be real, but whatever. Justin, baby, come on. I love you. Selena. I don't buy your bullshit anymore. I was honest with you and gave you a second chance. All my friends were right. You're such an asshole. Justin, baby, come on. You know all I need is you right now. Selena, you're a drug addict. You need help. Justin, come on. Don't tell me you don't want this. And then he sends a picture of his dick. Selena, stop it. Listen to Scooter and go to rehab. Justin, fuck that. I make that fucker so much money. Come on, baby. Um, and come, by the way, spelled C-U-M. Like, we all know what that means. Um, and then she said, why are you sending me these photos? We're done. How could you let Za, how could you let Za take the fall for your actions? You need to grow up. I hope you get jail time. You deserve it. Justin, fuck you. You need to grow up. I need to grow up? Ha, okay. Enjoy life without me, bitch. Like, this is insane. I love it. Selena, Good, go retire or whatever bullshit attention you're trying to get. Justin, this is the best one. Can't hear you over my cash, babe. You're only famous because of me and you know it. Everyone knows it. Selena, I know all about Christina, by the way. Fuck you. 
Justin, go fuck someone else and keep that talentless pussy away from me. Like, because that's a thing. That's a thing that Justin Bieber would say. These are so blatantly not real, but they're fun, you know? And you could tell that they were written by someone who clearly doesn't know either of these people because everything that they talked about is stuff that's already been made like very public like there was no shorthand here these were written by an older person trying to figure out how young people fight via text (laughs) you know what i mean how dare you let little za take the heat as told by tmz.com fuck you Oh, take your talentless pussy somewhere else. Like, it's just so, like, a playwright wrote these. This all leads up to one of the most defining moments in Justin's career. And, I mean, really, for me, it's like confirmation of the end of a chapter for him. His DUI. And I call it the end of a chapter because it was very clear at this point that the public was completely done with Justin Bieber. This was his figurative last nail in the coffin. He had become one of those celebrities that other celebrities would use as a means of gaining press. Like if you say something about Justin Bieber being an asshole to the paparazzi, maybe it can get you like a TMZ headline on a slow day. You know what I mean? For example, you had people like Drake Bell talking very publicly to photographers about how much of a punk Justin Bieber was and how he needed to be deported because... Drake Bell's opinion. I mean, we're all waiting with bated breath for like what Drake Bell thinks of Justin Bieber's bad boy behavior. He was charged with drunk driving, resisting arrest, and driving without a license after police caught him street racing early in the morning in Miami. CNN reported that Justin told the cops he'd been drinking and had consumed marijuana and prescription pills. Apparently, Justin was racing his yellow Lamborghini against his friend's red Ferrari in a residential neighborhood. And when he got pulled over, he refused to cooperate with the police. Uh, The police transcript read, "Um, what the fuck did I do? Why did you stop me? Why why the fuck are you doing this? I ain't ain't got no weapons. Um, The cop told CNN, at first he was a little belligerent, using some choice words, questioning why he was being stopped and why the officer was even questioning him. And he obviously failed the sobriety test. So the cop asked him, um, you know, if he had been drinking. He said that he reeked of alcohol and that his (laughs) his face was flushed and that he had red eyes. And apparently Justin, this is the silliest part. Apparently Justin had two SUVs block this like residential street that people live on so that he and his friends could race their cars back and forth without any interruption. You know, like people trying to get home or whatever. It was also being investigated that Justin had possibly paid some local police officers to escort him and his friends around to Miami strip clubs without authorization. So he like rolled up a bunch of money and put it in somebody's pocket and said like can you drive us to strip clubs and the guy was like sure and we also cannot talk about justin bieber's arrest without mentioning those iconic deposition tapes he has never been more of an egotistical self-righteous narcissistic condescending douchebag and i loved every single moment 
my friends and I used to watch that video on an actual weekly basis. Like we would hang out and drink wine and watch his deposition tapes. And the greatest thing about those videos is that it's like fully performative because he knows that he's being filmed. So he's in his own fantasy. He's like living like a Fonzie bad boy fantasy. He's like flicking a cigarette in his head, you know? He's like smizing at the camera and giving you just like, it's really, it's the off, off, off Broadway stage production of Justin the Menace, literally. Like slingshot Justin was in full effect. Justin and Selena were photographed kissing over breakfast at a Mexican restaurant in McAllen, Texas. The owner of the restaurant said, Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber came in with his bodyguards a little after 10.30 in the morning for breakfast and were here for about an hour to an hour and a half. Bieber ate huevos rancheros and Gomez had pork chops with grilled onions, tomatoes, and jalapenos. I love when a restaurant owner or like a bed and breakfast owner or whoever like tries to give a quick plug. Like, do you really think people care that Selena Gomez had pork chops? Like, thank you, but okay. He said they were kissing. Um, they were sitting next to each other in the same side of the booth, hugging and kissing in front of the staff. They weren't hiding it at all, but they did seem to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Then, in April of the same year, began the weirdest media love triangle quite possibly ever. <laughs> Orlando Bloom, Miranda Kerr, Justin Bieber, and Selena Gomez. My head is literally spinning and I'm overwhelmed by the lives of these two. Where do I even begin? It's every single day. TMZ and Page Six started reporting that Selena and Orlando were hooking up. They called it revenge screwing in the article. They lovingly put it that way. Um, they were photographed holding hands outside of a Chelsea Handler show. And... They were calling it a revenge, a revenge screw. First of all, anybody that calls sex screwing is like wild to me. Like that is such a boomer term. She screwed him. Um, <laughs> but they, they called it a revenge screw because it was reported that Justin had hooked up with Orlando's ex, Miranda Kerr, after a Victoria's Secret show. So skip to July of 2014 Justin and Orlando get into this like fist fight at Cipriani restaurant in Ibiza. So according to New York Post, Orlando refused to shake Justin's hand when he and his entourage entered the restaurant. And there are two versions of this story. My advice to you is to pick one and the one that you like the most, just go with it because why not make life fun? Have a little fun. Story A Orlando mentioned Miranda, Justin tried to walk away, and Orlando swung at him, but missed. Story B, Justin said something that alluded to having sex with Miranda and how good it was. Orlando threw a punch and missed. And the thing that I love is that no matter what story you choose to believe, just know that Orlando Bloom tried to punch Justin Bieber and missed his person like the old three stooges i'm picturing <laughs> i'm picturing orlando swinging at him and then spinning in a full circle and falling down on his butt and i'm i'm picturing sound effects there may be a, a banana peel involved like to swing at somebody to punch them and then and then miss their whole person is so um like i just have this this like visceral image of that in my head it's also important to note that lindsay lohan paris hilton and diddy 
were surrounding them and eating dinner while this happened. So these three witnessed this like this like fist alleged fist fight take place. Um, and with Justin Bieber being Justin Bieber, he then decided to post a photo of Miranda on his Instagram just long enough that people could screenshot it and then immediately delete it. I would also like to reiterate that this was a period of rock bottom partying for both of these people. Selena, who was supposed to be living this in quote sober life and joining her pal Demi on her bullshit sobriety tours, is coked out of her fucking mind to hell and back. Justin is in full on self-destruct mode and basically doesn't have parents. And let's not forget that Selena's mom is a press hound and works directly with Scooter when they need to. So I'm sure she was like fully living, laughing and loving this moment where, you know, Selena is still getting all this positive press where a lot of people do believe that Selena did go to rehab because she was sleepy, that she went for, you know, six days or whatever because she needed a nap because she's been working for six years and what she needs is to sleep in a rehab facility. I also just wanted to point out something interesting that I read the other day about the current state of celebrity when it comes to vulnerability and opening up specifically. I read this article that basically touched on the idea that in today's media cycle with the way like, you know, celebrities interact with the public, um, vulnerability, you know, has obviously taken on this like totally new form. And this is something that we've obviously spoken about in the past. But, you know, it's like in my day (laughs) or whatever, genuine vulnerability was like the last thing that you would see from a young, troubled pop star. Everything was shrouded in mystery and swept under the rug as if it weren't happening. Um, But with the introduction of social media, that all had to change. Vulnerability is not only expected, but it's demanded. And we talked about this in the most recent Kim Kardashian episode I recorded. I mentioned how fascinating it is to me that Paris doesn't necessarily thrive in a world where you sort of have to be a multidimensional human being because Paris can't do that on camera. She's literally incapable of it. And how sad is it that this woman who essentially changed an entire nation's view on celebrity, she can't even speak in her own God-given voice on camera because she's so insecure and closed off and disingenuous. And I bring this up to say, specifically, that I think Selena and Justin and Demi and Taylor and all the people of this specific generation These are the people who graduated from the school of the more you share, the more they'll side with you, right? Like that's sort of this generation's whole gig. Any like mental health issue that you have, any problem that you have with body dysmorphia or eating disorders or addiction, um, self-mutilation, literally any, any, anything, any sort of thing that spiderwebs off of mental health, any relatable moment pretty much is it's like padding it's like media padding it's much easier to control the narrative if you have sympathy and let's be clear i'm not judging like i'm not judging these people for it because 
I'm pretty sure I would do the same thing. I mentioned before that I think Demi really kicked the door down on that whole sort of moment for this generation. Um, you know, now she's like the queen of being vulnerable. She's made an entire brand out of being the pop star who shares the most with her fans. And in 2014, Selena released the video for The Heart Wants What It Wants, and she literally has a two-minute opening of just speaking into the microphone about how heartbroken she is and how much pain she's in. And, you know, it's probably the most vulnerable she's ever sounded, and you can't not be affected by it. But it's like, that's what... It's just such a weird... um, a weird dichotomy, like the comparison between those two things, like that's what you do now in 2020, 2014, whatever. That's what you do. Like you open up about everything, you share everything, even if it's not genuine, you know? And that's the other thing is like, it, it then makes you wonder because now we, this has been a thing now for long enough that it, like we question, like when Taylor Swift shares that she had eating disorders or that she had periods of of suffering from eating disorders in her life and her documentary, now we, like, debate it. It's like, well, let's debate whether or not she genuinely had an eating disorder or if she was using it to gain sympathy. Like, now it's like we've gotten so far that we debate things like this, where, you know, 20 or 10 years ago, if some pop star came out and said, look, I am strung out. Like, I know that I'm the most famous pop star in the world right now. I am on top of the world. I'm killing it. I'm making so much money. I'm America's sweetheart, but I am strung out, Dr. Phil. Dr. Oz, I can't stop using. I am a substance abuse user. I am a mutilator. I cut myself. I'm extremely depressed. I've tried to commit suicide. I have gone to rehab several times. It didn't work. My management had to have an intervention you know if you were Demi Lovato 15 years ago can you imagine what that would look like if you went on TRL and told Carson Daly that you were a a mutil a self-mutilator it's just like such a different world that we live in and I don't know I mean I guess this would be the better option of the two I'd rather live in a world where we're like too open than where everything is just fake PR bullshit but it's just interesting um and especially obviously if you're a girl I mean for a woman to release a song like this where she's literally crying at the beginning of the song, like weeping because she's been so hurt by her boyfriend, that leads to everybody debating, well, were they real tears? Was it real? Was she really feeling it? And you can't help but do that because now it's what everybody does. I'm rambling, but you get what I'm trying to say. At the beginning of previously mentioned songs, she says, when I was on stage and I was thinking of, and then she has a long pause where you can kind of assume she's like, talking about him cheating she says I know him though and I know that I know his heart and I know what he wouldn't do to hurt me but I didn't realize that I'm feeling so confident and I'm feeling so great about myself and then it can be completely shattered by one thing um, by something so stupid but then you make me feel crazy and you make me feel like it's all my fault I was in pain and she's like literally sobbing um she did confirm to Ryan Seacrest that the song was, of course, about Justin and um, that it was about their most recent breakup and that they were no longer together. And at this point, I mean, they are so on and off and will they, won't they, that I don't think the media genuinely keep tries to keep up with it anymore. I think that they're just like, you know, if, if you see a photo of Justin and Selena riding scooters or whatever together, then you know that they're like dating. 
And if you don't for a while, then they're broken up. She said he has heard the song um, and he has seen the video. He thought it was beautiful. It's something that I feel like girls need to hear. And it's something that I'm willing to share with people. And one of their last major sightings together during their time in Paris was for um, Paris Fashion Week. They also went on a romantic vacation together to the Caribbean. Do you say Caribbean or Caribbean? Am I making up that people say Caribbean? Like, is that a word that I just realized when I was doing notes that I've been saying wrong my whole life? Don't people say Pirates of the Caribbean? Or am I making that up? Does everybody say Pirates of the Caribbean and only I say it wrong? Pirates of the Caribbean. I feel like maybe that's just me. Eek. Um, But while in Paris, this is actually really funny. Justin was photographed having lunch with none other than Kendall Jenner. While Selena um, went sightseeing with her friends. And as you can imagine, this sent the blogs and social media. Did I mention, by the way, that they were spot? They were photographed for the very last time in Paris. Did I even go into that? Anyway, they were photographed for the last time at Paris, Paris Fashion Week. But I'm sure you can imagine like this sent the blogs into, you know, a true tailspin trying to be the first to confirm that Justin was cheating on Selena with Kendall. And this was actually fuel to the fire because Selena had already, you know, had this like little public tiff with Kendall and Kylie. I don't know if you remember this or not, but earlier in the year around this time, Selena uh, went through her Instagram and deleted all of her, her like Kardashian centric content. So any photo of her was with Kendall or Kylie she removed. She also deleted them um, as friends on Instagram and like made a very sort of public, uh, a public statement of like, I fucking hate these two girls. Um, Justin actually hinted in an interview that he did in fact cheat on her and that that was the reason that they were no longer together. He said, we were working on how to be in a relationship how to be ourselves, who we were, in the middle of having people judge our relationship through the media. I think that really messed up my head. Because then it's like trust and all this other stuff that starts messing with your mind. You're out on the road and there's beautiful women on the road and you're just getting yourself into more and more trouble. And I mean, I know that I said this before, but it's like we literally just covered, I want to like actually we're at the end of the episode and I do want to talk to you about something. I don't know how long this is going to go. I mean, this is literally, we just covered a year. That was a fucking year that we just covered one. Well, give or take maybe like a year and a half, but that was basically a single year. All of that shit that just took place. And I'm, I want to like throw this out to you guys before we end the episode that I have several options here. We can either just continue with Justin and Justin Bieber's life. And I mean, we're obviously leading up to his relationship ending with Selena eventually, my God. Um, And obviously, like a lot of you have messaged me about Justin and Haley, which I'm more than happy to get into. But I also feel like maybe I should split that up. Like, I feel like once we end Justin and Selena, we should do some other things and come back to that at some point. Or we could just do it and finish it. I mean, it's up to you. I really honestly don't care either way. I could do either one. Um, But you guys, holy shit. 
that was uh, episode 133 slash episode one of Dunzo. Holy shit. We did it. We came, we saw, we conquered. I would love to know your thoughts on the new name. I would love to know your thoughts on the new logo. I would love to know your thoughts on the new direction. Thank you guys so much for being so fucking supportive last week when I announced in the, uh, in the, oh fuck, I'm tired now. Thank you for being so supportive last week when I told you that I was changing uh, the name of the podcast and that I was going to be going in a little bit of a different direction. Thank you. You guys were... I mean, it literally made me feel so good. I was like beaming all day. I was telling everybody about it. I was like, holy shit, everybody's into it. They get it. You know, I didn't know how you would react, but you reacted exactly how I hoped you would. And it made me feel so valid. So thank you for that. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to like take these next steps in our podcasting journey together. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to say. I love you to the moon and back. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.